You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Let's get into the news, the, the biggest news of the day, actually the week. Dwayne Haskins just played the game on Sunday. Did so bad he got benched and just was waived now because of it. And, of course, it, he wasn't waived because of his bad performance. There was some off-field things that... Uh, really kind of upset the Washington football team on top of that just his study habits and pre- you know the way he prepared for the games they weren't too happy with so they just released him and, and what that means is they weren't able to trade him so nobody really wanted him so Dwayne Haskins is a free agent because he went unclaimed and uh, he's free to sign with any team and obviously now that he cleared waivers I'm sure some teams will be uh, will want to sign him because he does have a lot of talent but uh, yeah, he needs to uh, he needs to get straight because uh, this whole you know his whole uh, career so far with this, with the Washington football team has been a disaster, and it's only been what two under two years. So if he was able to, uh, I guess, burn his career that fast with them, hopefully he's learned his lesson and uh, he's ready to let his talent take over and he's willing to work hard. The other news of the day that I, I kind of like this one it makes me giggle a little bit. Mason Rudolph will start against the Browns. I call this kind of the revenge game. The game's in Cleveland where the whole helmet fiasco happened with Miles Garrett where he was suspended for the rest of the season and then accused Mason Rudolph of a racial slur that was uh, unfounded. So this game is for the playoffs for the Browns. It's not for the Steelers. Steelers already clinched. They already have the North. They're going to have a home playoff game. The Browns need to win this to go to the playoffs. And Mason Rudolph is standing in their way. This is a kind of made-for-TV type storyline. But I'm here for it. I love it. I am actually going to be rooting for Mason Rudolph to pull this off because I just think it would be funny uh, for that to happen. Now, it won't be funny for Browns fans if that happens or for the Browns players, but um, it's, you know, uh, revenge is a dish best served cold sometimes, and in this case, with Mason Rudolph, he gets the chance to do that, so it's, it's intriguing. Cooper Cup, wide receiver for the Rams, he's on the COVID list, he might be able to make it back, we'll see, it's something to monitor, especially if you're doing fantasy football week 17, which you shouldn't, by the way, but it's still relevant for, you know, your DraftKings and FanDuel lineups. Harrison Bryant's on the COVID list, the tight end for the Browns. The, all the receivers were on the COVID list last week. Now it's the tight end's turn. So hopefully Harrison Bryant can be back as well. Daryl Henderson, he's on IR with an ankle injury. He's basically out for the year. And, you know, depending on Cam Akers, there's a chance that uh, Sean McVay said that uh, he, he could play. If that's not the case, you got to really look at Malcolm Brown and what Malcolm Brown can do in this matchup because I like the matchup, and if he's the only guy getting carries, then 
he could have a really good day. So pay attention to Cam Akers and on if he's going to be playing, because if he doesn't, you really, like I said, you really got to like Malcolm Brown. Blake Bortles signs with the Rams. There's a lot of Rams news uh, today, but Blake Bortles was part of the Broncos for a little bit when they had their whole COVID fiasco, and now he's signs with the Rams, and that's to back up John Wolford because they're not, you know, Jared Goff is hurt, and uh, they don't have anyone else to to back up John Wolford. Um. And I don't even know if his name is John, to be honest. I just know his name is Wolford. <laughs> so, uh, Washington football team, linebacker Thomas Davis, uh, he's going to retire at the end of the season. Good for him. I mean, he was such a great player all those years with the Carolina Panthers. And he's actually still playing well with the Washington football team. But he's at the end of the road. He's going to call it quits. And it was a great career. So that's about it for the news that we have right now. And uh, let's get right into the Ghost of the Week. Let's talk a little bit about Week 16 and just all the craziness that kind of happened. We had some really great performances as well, quarterback-wise, outside of our GOATs of the week. We had some performances by Mitchell Trubisky against the Jaguars. Got 265 yards and t- uh, two touchdowns. Also got a touchdown rushing, which, uh, you know, good for him. It was a great day. Kirk Cousins did really well against New Orleans, although it was in a losing effort. 291 yards with three touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger against the Colts, 34 for 49. 342 yards, three touchdowns. And then Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson got 324 yards and three touchdowns. And surprising, Andy Dalton for the Dallas Cowboys against his Philadelphia Eagles defense. He passed for 377 yards and three touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but very impressed. He did a great job, and I'm overall with the quarterback performances this week. There was just a lot of great performances. Then you go to the other side of it, where you have Tua Tagovailoa. Only got 94 yards and a touchdown. That was it. Jared Goff. He threw for 234 yards, threw a pick, and that was it against the Seattle Seahawks. You had Teddy Bridgewater, the Carolina Panthers quarterback, against the Washington football team. He only passed for 197 yards and a touchdown, had an interception. Cam Newton, I mean, we can talk about Cam Newton. He had a horrible day, ended up getting benched. He had a rushing touchdown, but uh, 5 for 10 for 34 yards. (laughs) And uh, Cam Newton's the king this season of getting under 100 yards passing. Drew Brees, in the winning effort, he didn't do bad. He just didn't throw for any touchdowns. Alvin Kamara kind of ate all those touchdowns up. So he passed for 311 yards through two interceptions, so that kind of skewed his numbers a little bit. And uh, Drew Locke against the Chargers, you thought maybe he might be a sneaky play. He wasn't. He had 200 and 64 yards and two interceptions. He did run for a touchdown, but uh, on 15 yards rushing. But overall, just not the the day that you would expect. And then Ty, uh, Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback against the San Francisco 49ers defense, he passed for 247 yards with an interception, ran for 75 yards, which was all right, but 
uh, yeah, just not, uh, there wasn't any touchdowns. So that really ruined that outing for him in that regard. Then, uh, you know, obviously, like, uh, with uh, Deshaun Watson, I was really impressed. He was playing against the Bengals, and Brandon Allen did pretty well on the other side against the Houston Texans. So, again, there were just a lot of really good performances this week, and so if you were in a championship matchup, uh, you you probably didn't uh, do too badly at the quarterback position this week. Running backs, outside of the GOATs, we have uh, Samarja, Perrine for the Bengals, really uh, 95 yards and two touchdowns. This is the stuff that we thought that Giovanni Bernard was going to do. And Giovanni Bernard didn't even do that badly, but uh, Samarja, he did really well. And he caught all of his passes for 41 yards. David Johnson was a beast. He just uh, he, he scored a touchdown rushing and receiving, 128 yards rushing. A.J. Dillon for the Packers. This was intriguing, and I think that he, uh, A.J. Dillon it would be a good pickup if you're playing for Week 17. And this is the reason why we don't do pickups of the week for Week 17, because you shouldn't be playing fantasy football Week 17. Too many people are sitting. There's too many situations where uh, the team's going to clinch, so they'll play like half the game, and depending on scores in other places, they might start benching guys. It's just too hard to predict. You don't want to play Week 17 because of the uh, just the question marks everywhere. And so uh, if you are playing, you know, uh, A.J. Dillon might be a, a good pickup because I'm sure the, a lot of the Packers players are going to be resting, and this might be A.J. Dillon's time to shine. He had 124 yards with two touchdowns, had a uh, one catch, that wasn't really that significant. Jonathan Taylor against the Steeler defense. He just got in situations where he was right at the goal line, so he was able to plop right in there. Uh, he rushed for 74 yards and two touchdowns. David Montgomery, he got 95 yards and a touchdown. And the biggest thing with him was they were leading by so much that they didn't really run David Montgomery very much the second half. So... Uh, kind of hurt his numbers. They could have been better. Not that they were horrible. And then uh, on the other side of the coin, some of the bad performances. You know, Nick Chubb didn't do much. He got 28 yards rushing with a touchdown. Kenyon Drake, he got a touchdown, 45 yards rushing, but you were hoping for a little bit more. Aaron Jones got 94 yards rushing, but, uh, yeah, didn't get in the end zone. Derrick Henry got 98 yards rushing, didn't get in the end zone. Some of these big names that you were really hoping for that just didn't produce. Mike Davis, he did score a touchdown, but he only got 28 yards rushing. Chris Carson only got 69 yards rushing. Melvin Gordon, 79 yards rushing. So just a, a lot of performances where some of your big guys that you were expecting big things from didn't really do what you hoped. Josh Jacobs was another one, 69 yards rushing. That was it. And then uh, Daryl Henderson might have been a sneaky play with Cam Akers being injured. He wasn't. He only got 62 uh, yards rushing. So a, a lot of uh, quarterbacks where there was a lot of good plays. Running backs, there was a lot of plays where uh, they probably might hurt your chances uh, uh, you know, during the championship game because they were big names and they didn't do what they normally uh, do. Michael Gallup is 
he had a great game against the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's been relevant. Andy Dalton has been using Michael Gallup quite a bit. It's almost like Michael Gallup's coming back from the dead and doing what he did last year. He had 121 yards on uh, and two touchdowns off of six receptions. So I like those numbers there. That's just all around Michael Gallup's another guy that you might want to pick up if you're playing Week 17. Jamison Crowder, he had 92 yards uh, receiving on seven catches and had a touchdown. Really big day for him. Nelson Aguilar, 155 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, the uh, Houston Texans against the Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon Cooks got seven catches for 141 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Michael Gallup's teammate in Dallas, C.D. Lamb, he had 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Really, uh, T. Higgins got 99 yards and a touchdown against Houston for the Cincinnati Bengals. Juju Smith-Schuster got 96 yards and a touchdown. Just uh, all-around really good performances at the wide receiver position. And... uh, there, were, there wasn't too many that uh, were, were that disappointing. Cooper Cup, he only had 66 yards receiving. I think that was kind of uh, a disappointment. And then Jerry Judy, I'm going to mention this because the Denver Broncos wide receiver, he played against the Chargers, and he, he only had 61 yards receiving. He had six catches, but he had 15 targets. So on 15 targets, he only had six catches, and he dropped a sure touchdown. He actually dropped a couple sure touchdowns, and it's not what you like to see from Jerry Judy because he had the potential to have a really big game here, and those drops just killed him. I don't know what's going on with Jerry Judy, but uh, he did not have the game that we were hoping for. Tyreek Hill, he, you know, for a championship game, kind of was a dud. Only had 65 yards on four catches. And uh, DK Metcalf only got 59 yards on six catches. A.J. Brown got 43 yards. Uh Tennessee Titans receiver against Green Bay. And uh, Robert Woods, the Los Angeles Rams wide receiver, going up against the Seahawks. You figured with Cup and Woods this would be a great matchup for those wide receivers, and he didn't do anything. He had 48 yards receiving on four catches. Tyler Lockett on the other side of the coin for the Seattle Seahawks against the Rams only had three catches for 44 yards. And DeAndre Hopkins had eight catches against the 49ers uh, during their the, the Cardinals' loss to the 49ers. He had eight catches on 12 targets, so you're like, man, that's good. That's that's a good day. Well, 48 yards receiving. That's not that good. So uh, disappointing there. And then DJ Moore, five catches for 37 yards. So uh, not what you like to see with some of those receivers. And... Uh, but, yeah, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Gallup, they're getting a lot of volume. They're getting a lot of catches. They're getting a lot of yards, and they're getting a lot of touchdowns. So uh, they're definitely someone, if you look, you know, if you happen to be playing Week 17, that you need to, to look at and target. Eric Ebron for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. He had 47 yards and a touchdown against his former team. And, but really, overall, the tight end performances weren't that spectacular. Chris Herndon actually made the list. He had 34 yards and a touchdown. Chris Herndon hasn't even been seen for him at all this year. And uh, the New York Jets tight end. And 
actually did something against the Cleveland Browns. So good to see. It's a little bit too late, but uh, hey. George Kittle had four catches for 92 yards. You like to see the yards. He usually gets more volume than what he got, but it's not too bad. And uh, Hayden Hurst for the Falcons, he did all right. He got five catches for 47 yards and a touchdown. Johnu Smith, three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. And uh, really, everyone else just didn't do that well. It was kind of a bad day. Noah Fant, you were wanting big things from him. And he had 65 yards on six catches, which without scoring, it wasn't as good of a day as what you wanted. Same with Logan Thomas against Carolina. 63 yards on seven catches, but still not what you wanted. And then Evan Ingram, 65 yards on seven catches. The uh, New York Giants tight end, just been really inconsistent. And the Baltimore Ravens defense just kind of dominated the Giants in this one. This wasn't even close, and I thought the Giants would uh, give the uh, Ravens a better game on on defense than they did. Mike Kosicki, the Miami Dolphins tight end against the Las Vegas Raiders, had 54 yards. So uh, there's just uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot to like. And the last one I'll mention though is Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end. He was getting a lot of play because uh, he was against the Seahawks. Well, three catches, 34 yards. So we'll stop it right there. I mean, we can go on. But uh, going through the uh, the Week 16 Championship Week, there's a lot of really big time performances. So the, I'm, I'd rather talk about those than the, uh, uh, the the less than stellar performances. But if you're looking at most of the matchups, you saw a, a lot of scoring in you know during this week. And just overall, watching the games, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, AFC is kind of crazy, where the Colts lose a game and all of a sudden they're out of the playoffs, looking, you know, they're the eighth team. And if they win this week against the Jaguars, they could win 10 games. They could be 10 and 6 and not make the, well, and they could be 11 and 5 if they win this week and still not make the playoffs, which is, is crazy. They added an extra team this this season, and I guess it was perfect timing because uh, it, to have a, a eighth spot uh, in the in the playoffs or a team that missed the playoffs in the eighth spot and only losing five games, you know, usually ten and six was a shoe in for the playoffs, uh, and that was when they only had six teams. So uh, just a lot of craziness in the AFC, and then on the NFC on the other side of the coin. Uh, crazy things too, like the Cardinals are kind of imploding at down the stretch. The Bears are starting to win some games and uh, creeping in over the Cardinals for the playoff spot. Cardinals need to win against the Rams, which they don't do very often. And then you have the end, the NFC East with the Eagles and the Washington football team playing Sunday night, the Giants and the Cowboys playing. So basically it's going to be the winner of the Giants and Cowboys is going to have the inside track on the playoff spot if the Eagles beat the Washington football team. If the Washington football team wins on Sunday night, then it's going to be there. So that will be interesting, and the winner of that division is going to have a 7-9 and nine record. So it's going to be a losing record. I've, that hasn't happened since, uh, I want to say, what was it, the Saints or Seahawks or something did that way back in the day where they were in a really bad division. And 
I think it was the same record, seven and nine, and then they end up beating the yeah, it was the Seahawks. They end up beating the Saints that first round of the playoffs, I think. Um, but anyways, there's just uh, a, a lot going on for week 17. It should be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll put a little uh, bow on week 16. To uh, it, it's in the books. Championships were won. And uh, I got to tell you my story about the, the championship game that we had. So I have Alvin Kamara on my team. And, you know, Christmas Day, things looked pretty good. You're getting 53 points from your running back. One guy, you're like, man, this is going to be a breeze. I'm going to cruise to the championship. And that's how I, you know, I felt. And then I took some chances. Like I started J.D. McKissick, even though I knew that uh, uh, Antonio Gibson was coming back which ended up working out for me because he got that uh, long touchdown pass and, and was pretty effective. So he got me a good, like, 15 points. Uh, Miles Sanders got me 15 points, you know. So you're like, man, you're, you guys got you a lot. Deontay Johnson got me 16 points. So you're like, you know, I felt like I was in a good spot to win the championship with all these points I was gathering. The one thing that kind of uh, – didn't sit well with me during the championship week was uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill. Mahomes only got me about 21, which he usually gives me double that. Tyree Kill had a really bad uh, week, only got 64 yards receiving. So uh, that kind of opened the door for my opponent. My opponent had uh, was actually I was up by 100 points. So I'm up by 100 points going into Sunday night, and I'm feeling pretty good because I still have the Bills defense. I'm like, I'm up by 100, have the Bills defense. I should pull this out. Well, my opponent had Devontae Adams, and if you you know saw that game, you know Devontae Adams had 140 yards receiving with three touchdowns, predominant performance. So I'm like, man, that chips away at it, but hey, I'm still up by like 70 points. With uh, I still have the Bills defense, I should be good. Then uh, Monday night rolls around, the Buffalo Bills just annihilate the Patriots. So I'm rooting for the Bills defense to not give up points because I can't lose any points. And it's bam, Josh Allen touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. Bam, Josh Allen touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. Bam, Josh Allen touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. Like I'm watching my lead just dwindle, dwindle, dwindle. I'm up by four points with 11 minutes in the fourth quarter. 11 minutes. And my Bills uh, defense gets a sack. So, okay, I'm up by like six points. So, I'm like, nice, I have six points, but all that is is one touchdown away. It's There's about 10 minutes left in the game, and lo and behold, they bench Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to rest them because they won the game. That 10-minute benching won me the championship because I know if they came out there and played even five more minutes of that game, I would have lost that championship game. So it saved me the championship. Uh, I never thought I would lose the championship having Alvin Kamara. It almost happened. Couldn't believe it. But uh, yeah, in the end, I was able to win the the championship and uh, I'm a happy man and I'm celebrating this week. And maybe that's why I'm kind of nonchalant about week 17 and uh but again fancy football week shouldn't happen in week 17 too many variables too many people sitting and uh you know someone will start and you feel good about their matchup but then they'll only play like half a game or one quarter and then they're you know they're out so uh be cautious 
I'm not giving you any advice because it's bound to be wrong with uh, what's going on. I guess Mason Rudolph, start Mason Rudolph, because uh, I do think that they're going to upset the Browns. It's uh, just the old revenge game from last year where uh, he got assaulted by Miles Garrett. Uh, I, I think that definitely creates a storybook uh, matchup, but we'll talk about that more during the preview. And uh, let's just get into the goats of the week. The Burke and Miz Goats of the Week. Here we go. Now it's time for our quarterback Goats of the Week. Really great performances by some familiar names that have been doing it all year. But this is Championship Week, and they really came through. Guarantee these people were in a lot of championship rosters as they were really consistent performers all year. But our number three goat of the week is Aaron Rodgers versus the Tennessee Titans. Green Bay Packers quarterback at Lambeau Field in cold conditions. 21 of 25, 231 yards, and four touchdowns. He threw one interception, but he also ran the ball for 19 yards on three carries. Big news of the day, though, were three of those were to Devontae Adams just a monster performance. You know, I figured they would win against the Tennessee Titans because they were at home and the conditions weren't the greatest, but I didn't expect them to dominate the Titans like they did. Green Bay Packers are really showing up to be one of the top teams in the NFL, and uh, they might be the team in the NFC to, to make it to the Super Bowl. If they keep playing like this, it's, it's going to be tough. Number two go to the week, Tom Old Man Brady. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback at the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions didn't have any coaches. It definitely showed. This game was over by half. I mean, it was actually over by the first quarter, to be honest. Tom Brady, 22 of 27, 348 yards and four touchdowns. He basically did this by halftime. I mean, it was just that dominant of a performance. He threw two touchdowns to Rob Gronkowski, two to Mike Evans. Just, I mean, he could have kept going with how you know how bad they were just abusing the Detroit Lions secondary. They finally decided to pull the reins in a little bit, but uh, really impressive and really helped your team if you had them, you know, had Tom Brady in your lineup. Number one, I'm really proud to say, is Josh Allen, Buffalo Bill QB at the New England Patriots. The Buffalo Bills kind of exercised some demons. They can never beat the Patriots, and in this game, they not only beat them, they dominated the Patriots. Josh Allen's a fun QB to see. All Buffalo is just, you know, singing his praises, in love with him. I get it. They're a fun offense to watch. But he was 27 for 36 for 320 yards, four touchdowns. Ran the ball four times for 35 yards, but four touchdowns. And three of them were to Stephon Diggs. It was just ridiculous to watch. And I, I'd never seen the Patriots so helpless defensively before. Josh Allen just made them look like a mediocre defense. And granted, Patriots lost a lot of people. They have a lot of people injured. People opted out. But I've never seen the Bills dominate the Patriots like this since, like, maybe the 90s. So good for them. Good for Josh Allen. He definitely deserves our number one go to the week. And if you started him in your championship uh, week, you're really happy because he won a lot of people some championships this uh, this week with that performance. So good job. 
Running back, goats of the week. These are pretty surprising. Uh, one surprising for another reason, but uh, number three is Jeff Wilson at the Cardinals. He had 22 carries for 183 yards. 183 yards. He didn't score on the ground, but he did, re- you know, through the air. He had uh, two targets, only caught one of those for 21 yards. That was his touchdown, was through the air. But uh, we get 183 yards. That's a really big day. So Jeff Wilson Jr., 49ers, good job. And he was kind of a scary play and a risky play because, again, it's that 49ers offense, and you're not sure how he was going to be used. You knew uh, Raheem Mostert was around, and then Mostert was hurt. And, yeah, it's they incorporate a lot of running backs, but Jeff Wilson – seems to be the guy lately and he could be a good play uh, for week 17 as well um but regardless he had the top three performance this week and definitely deserves to be one of the goats of the week miles gaskins the number two goat of the week at the raiders i mean he had a spectacular game and it wasn't just through the, on the ground I mean, it was through the air he had uh 14 carries for 87 yards so i mean he had like what, six, seven less carries than most running backs do in a game. He caught all of his targets for 82 yards and two touchdowns. And they weren't short touchdown receptions. They were they were significant. And uh, really great day if you had Miles Gaskins in there. Uh, from what I saw, very few people had hit him on their championship team. But if you did, it was golden for you. And it was great timing. And the Raiders, I don't know what to say. Totally imploded. The uh, and this brings up another point. You always score the touchdown. There was two games. One was in college that same day, where they were trying not to score. They didn't score. The, the The college team fumbled at the one. It was the Coastal Carolina Liberty game, and Coastal Carolina recovered and they didn't even get an opportunity to kick the field goal. The Raiders get down at the one. They don't waste all the time off the clock. They kick the field goal. And it wasn't even to uh, be up by three. It was up to be up by two. So you take the touchdown there, do the two-point conversion. Gives the Dolphins really difficult chance to score a touchdown, going driving the length of the field. Instead, they kick the field goal. Ryan Fitzmagic, who I think should be the starting quarterback, gets face masked as he's throwing the ball, completes it, 15-yard penalty on top of that. Field goal, game's over. I mean, uh, ridiculous. But... Needless to say, Miles Gaskins really carried the Dolphins' offense until Ryan Fitzmagic was able to get in there. Which leads us to our number one running back, and everyone knows who it is. It doesn't need a lot of buildup. It's Alvin Kamara. When you score six touchdowns, especially during a championship week, that's just legend material. He's the goat of goats, and I really appreciate him because he was on my fantasy team, uh, which... You know, I thought I had a comfortable lead until I didn't. But 22 carries for 155 yards, six touchdowns. Now, he had three catches for 17 yards, and usually Kamara gets more receiving yards than rushing yards. He was just on fire against the Vikings. Six touchdowns. It was like he touched the ball around the, you know, in the red zone, and he was going to score. It was just uh, one of the best performances I've seen, and definitely the best performance I've seen on a championship week for. for fantasy football so uh he's going to be a lot of people's mvps this year and he's definitely mine and he's the number one go to the week 
the wide receiver goats of the week is it's pretty funny because it just kind of mimics the quarterback goats of the week. They were the ones catching the ball from the quarterbacks. So you figure the quarterbacks had a great day. They were all throwing it to the same people. So the wide receivers had a big day. The number three go to the week is Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at the Detroit Lions. He was targeted 12 times, had 10 catches for 181 yards, two touchdowns. He was just part of that dominant performance in the first half. And I don't know what to say. He, Tom Brady, he has great chemistry with Mike Evans. He throws to him all the time. He trusts him. Uh, he's, he's a big target. And he's good, and he's definitely having a fantasy football season revival compared to some of the years past where he was injured or just wasn't utilized the way he should. He had a couple games last year where he just didn't do anything. He was really consistent this year. He definitely kind of shook that label of not being a consistent receiver and just really dominated from front to finish. But in this one, championship week, he, uh, he, probably, you know, he had his best performance, which you, you love to see. Number two is Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers versus the Titans. This was in Lambeau Field in pretty cold conditions. 12 targets, caught 11 of them. So there was only one time it didn't connect with him when he was targeted. 142 yards, three touchdowns. Just Devontae Adams was the best receiver in the NFL, and he just proved it. Perfect timing again. Championship week. Devontae Adams is a stud. And he's open all day. I think Aaron Rodgers could probably have passed it to him every single play, and the Titans still want to have an answer for him. And that's just how it felt like watching this game. But number one, number one, it's kind of the same thing. It's Stephon Diggs, Buffalo Bills, at the New England Patriots. He single-handedly just dominated the New England defense. They didn't have an answer for him. Stephon Gilmore was out, and they just tore their, the Patriots secondary to shreds. He's targeted 11 times, had nine catches for 145 yards and three touchdowns. Just, you know, three touchdowns. Just crazy. And uh, one of the best receiving performances, especially for Buffalo Bill receiver, you don't see a lot of top 15 wide receivers from the Bills. And, again, their offense is fun to watch. And, those, you know, Stephon Diggs, one of the top receivers in the NFL. So that was a great trade uh, for, you know, that they made. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, they got Justin Jefferson, the Vikings, and they won that trade. And uh, Justin Jefferson's a good receiver. He'll be a good receiver. But I don't see a winner in this. When you can get a guy like Stephon Diggs and he can perform like he did this year, especially like, you know, like he did against the Patriots, it's a win-win situation. So Stephon Diggs, our number one GOAT of the week, well-deserved, great job. Now it's time for our tight end goats of the week. Uh, these three guys, they great performances. One of them came out of nowhere, but we're here to talk about it. Number three, goat of the week, Rob Gronkowski did a Gronk smash on the Detroit Lions. It was just insane. He had two catches off of two targets for 58 yards, basically over 26 yards per reception, and he scored two touchdowns. So he could have been targeted like eight times and had eight touchdowns. That's how bad that Rob Gronkowski was dominating the Detroit Lions defense. Um, they caught off the dogs because they were destroying the Lions, and it's a good thing because even though Rob Gronkowski had a top three day, it could have been a lot worse for the Lions, and uh, it probably could have been a lot better if you started them in your fantasy uh, league this week. Um, 
So it was almost the fact that he was too good that uh, they didn't need him anymore. But uh, good job with Rob Gronkowski. But our number two go to the week is Irv Smith Jr., Minnesota Vikings tight end at the New Orleans Saints. Targeted nine times, had six catches for 53 yards, two touchdowns. Actually could have had a third touchdown, but uh, he wasn't able to connect. And I really thought it was going to be three. It wasn't, unfortunately, but, you know, you got to take 53 yards and two touchdowns. He's really, uh, Irv Smith's really taking the job from Kyle Rudolph. And uh, I really think Irv Smith's a name to remember for next year because he's going to be good. I really like what I see from him. And then number one is surprising, came out of nowhere, Chicago Bears tight end, not Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was uh, at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and obviously the Jaguars are a bad team. But you figured that uh, the, this might have been uh, Cole Komet's uh, line. Cole Komet hasn't been scoring touchdowns. Jimmy Graham has been scoring touchdowns. Five targets, four catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. And unfortunately, most people probably didn't have him on their championship team. Or if they did, they didn't play him for sure. And uh, definitely had a sneaky top performance. But... It's good to see for Jimmy Graham because he was kind of left for dead at the beginning of this year, and he's showing he still has some left in the tank and could be a good weapon for offenses. So uh, congratulations, Jimmy Graham. You're our number one. Go to the week. Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban, Ghosts of the Week. Let's get this started. Now it's time for our quarterback ghosts of the week, and these are the quarterbacks that had subpar performances despite what we thought they might produce. And our number three ghost of the week is Baker Mayfield at the Jets. Prime matchup, Jets typically give up a lot to the quarterback. Now, he was kind of handicapped in regards to not having any of his receivers, so you knew it might not be uh, as great of, of a performance as what it could have been, but it was just downright awful. You know, the Jets beat the Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield couldn't get anything going. And it's really costly loss because now if they lose to the Steelers in Week 17, they're going to be out of the playoffs. So uh, definitely not ideal situation. But Baker Mayfield was 28 out of 53 for 285 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. I, I will give him credit for that. He's definitely cut back on his turnovers the second part of the season. And... Uh, that's been, you know, one of the things people have been knocking him for uh, previously. He only had three rushes for six yards, and then obviously that fourth down fumble where he fumbled it forward, they recovered it, and they obviously can't do that, so they called it dead. Jets win the game. So all around, uh, Baker Mayfield, disappointing performance. Our number two ghost of the week is Matthew Stafford. He was playing at home against the Buccaneers on Saturday. He was 2-for-3 for 17 yards, and I get that, you know, he came out and Chase Daniel came in, and then um, even after Chase Daniel, uh, David Blau came in and played a little bit. But uh, I, I put him on here just because usually I don't do that to a quarterback that's taken out of the game, but especially that, that early in the game. But, uh, you know, you, you, if you started him for fantasy football in the championship week, you were definitely disappointed. First off, I mean, you shouldn't have. It was a bad matchup. But, you know, with two quarterback leagues, that might have been an option for you. And he definitely didn't give you a winning performance this week. So, Matthew Stafford, we want better. 
we we, don't, we realize you don't have any coaches <laughs> or anything else, but uh, not the not a great matchup against the Buccaneers. Dwayne Haskins is our number one ghost of the week, and I, I'm confident with him being our number one ghost of the week, just because the Washington football team cut him the very next day. He was benched and then cut. That's how bad his performance was, and I get it was a, a, about other things more than just him, you know, his performance against the Panthers. But Panthers were a decent matchup, and he was 14 for 28 for 154 yards. So 50% completion percentage in the NFL is not going to cut it. 154 yards isn't going to cut it. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and those were the key things. Like those two turnovers were costly. The Washington football team lost by a touchdown to the Panthers, and you know that could have been a game where they clinched the division or were in the driver's seat for it and uh it didn't transpire that way you know they're, they're really missing alex smith i thought alex smith would play he's not he might not play this week but it says something when uh taylor heineke or heineke comes in and the old dominion quarterback comes in and plays a lot better than Dwayne haskins you know the number one overall pick so uh, really disappointing performance, and he needs to uh, do better wherever he ends up. Now it's time for our running back ghosts of the week. We have a lot of ghosts. There are some performances that we thought were going to be better for the championship week, and they didn't pan out. Number three, starting out, is Daryl Henderson at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are pretty formidable against the run, but Daryl Henderson also is a great receiver out of the backfield. So he figured that he, uh, with the volume of Cam Akers being out, that he would be significant. He was not. He had 12 carries for 62 yards, got hurt, and it looks like he's out for the season. He was placed on IR with the ankle, and just uh, for a championship week uh, play was really disappointing and probably lost you the championship if you uh, were relying on him. Our number two ghost of the week was Wayne Gallman running back for the Giants at the Baltimore Ravens. Wayne Gallman has been getting a lot of play the last couple weeks, and he's kind of fallen back to earth. He had a stretch there where he was just dominating, and uh, that's in the past. I mean, it's two weeks in a row now that he hasn't met expectations. Had six rushes for 27 yards, targeted twice, had the two catches for 26 yards. So, you know, five points for a championship game is not what you expect, and... Wayne Gallman owners were probably a little disappointed uh, in the championship week performance by him. And then our number one is none other than Kansas City Chiefs running back Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell just looks like a shell of his former self. I mean, he left the Steelers as you know a huge weapon that could catch the ball and run and uh, just, yeah, looked like he was one of the top backs in the NFL. Went to the Jets, wasn't able to do anything, and no one really blamed him. I mean, he was on the Jets, and the Jets' offense was pretty anemic while he was there. And uh, then he goes to the Chiefs where you think, oh, this is it. He's on a great offense. He's going to show his old abilities again. And then he doesn't. Um, he Darrell Williams has actually had a stronger game than him. Le'Veon Bell had seven carries for 30 yards, was targeted three times in the passing game, only had one catch for nine yards, so... Um, he probably played him for the championship, thinking that he was going to have the bulk of the carries against the Falcons, who are decent against the run. But again, Le'Veon Bell is another running back that can do multiple things, and he just wasn't able to do it. So, Le'Veon Bell, you're our number one ghost of the week, and we're very disappointed in you.
Jumping into the wide receiver ghosts of the week, this one's going to be really quick and easy because there was a lot of bad performances, but these three kind of take the cake. Our number three ghost of the week was Henry Ruggs, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Miami Dolphins. He was targeted twice, zero catches, zero yards, and then he had one run for seven yards. And against Miami, you expected a bigger production from the Raiders' offense as a whole. You figured Henry Ruggs had some big play potential in this matchup and he just didn't do anything. And I would say overall for this year, Henry Ruggs has been a very disappointing uh, wide receiver this year. There's a lot of great rookie performances, and Henry Ruggs just didn't have one of those. So uh, just kind of this week was kind of a synopsis of the whole season for Henry Ruggs, and it, you definitely didn't get what you were hoping for in this matchup. Number two ghost of the week was Cole Beasley, the Buffalo Bills receiver at the Patriots. And this surprises me because Josh Allen had a ton of yards passing. You know, Stephon Diggs basically got all of those and didn't leave much room for Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley was targeted five times, had three catches for 17 yards. Just overall disappointing performance by Cole Beasley. And, uh, I, I, you know, basically while uh, it became such a blowout that they didn't really need to pass to anyone else. They were just going to digs, and Patriots can stop it. So it really kind of phased Cole Beasley out of the offense. Corey Davis is our number one ghost of the week. He was at the Green Bay Packers. The Tennessee Titans didn't do anything. Neither did their offense. It was pretty disappointing overall. You knew they were going to have to score a lot to keep up, and you thought they would. And they couldn't, and they didn't. He was targeted twice, zero catches, zero yards, and that's just not getting it done. And you know people played him in their championship game thinking that they were going to have a big game from him, and he disappointed. So uh, these are three receivers here where they cost people their games this week, and it's just really bad timing, and it's well-deserved for their being the ghost this week. <laughs> now it's time for our final ghost of the week, the tight end position. And these are... Definitely some names that you started in your lineup thinking that they were going to give you some production, and they didn't. And again, bad timing. But uh, our number three ghost of the week is TJ Hawkinson versus the Buccaneers. He was at home, six targets, four catches for 23 yards. And Hawkinson basically had basically choked. Their whole offense choked. They didn't have any coaches. Um, quarterback play was miserable. Every Well, Basically, the whole Lions play was miserable, and uh, that affected T.J. Hawkinson in this one. So, disappointing performance, which leads to our number two ghost of the week, which is Robert Tanyan for the Packers at home against the Titans. Targeted twice, had one catch for 17 yards, and as much as the Green Bay Packers scored, you thought maybe Robert Tanyan would be part of that, but it was all Devontae Adams. He did everything for this offense and really left Robert Tanyan uh, without any targets. So you played him in this matchup. He had a great matchup. You thought it'd be, you know, a big play for the week, and it turned out to be a bust. Which, you know, that's what happens sometimes. But no one could have predicted that because I actually liked Robert Tanyan a lot in this matchup and thought he'd do well. And then our number one, it's Tyler Eifert against or for the Jacksonville Jaguars at home against the Bears. And I put him up there because I actually recommended him as a pretty solid player for the Jaguars. Like I figured he'd be one of the few to actually do something for the Jaguar offense since the Bears are so horrible at defending the tight end position. But 
he was targeted five times, which isn't too bad for a tight end, but he only had two catches for 17 yards. That uh, is not a very good uh, performance. And the, that type of performance is the type that loses you your weeks in fantasy football. And that's what he did. So uh, overall, it was a great week for tight ends, but just not for these three. And they are tight end ghosts of the week for week 16. This concludes the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back at it tomorrow, previewing all the Sunday morning games. In the meantime, enjoy your week, and cheers. <laughs>